0: People ask me if they are crazy all the time. (laughs) I mean, you wouldn't believe how often people literally say, is it just me or am I crazy? (laughs) And I mean, um, sometimes they are. (laughs) No, no. Um, No, it's not that anybody's ever crazy. In fact, usually it's that they are definitely not crazy. And if there's anything that they are doing, maybe they're being a little overzealous and they're thinking too much, and that every single thing is a sign, and that every single thought is clairvoyance. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about clairvoyance and the other clair senses. Okay, um, clairvoyance is the word that most people use. It is widely used to encompass sort of all clair senses. But the truth is there are many and clairvoyance is one of them. And um, you know, probably the most common, though people don't always realize that that's exactly what they are doing, right? The word clairvoyance actually comes from French, clair meaning clear and voir, if I'm saying it correctly, meaning see. So it would literally translate to clear sight, right? The ability to see clearly. The problem is, is people start thinking about clairvoyance or they get confirmation that they are clairvoyant. And then they start thinking that every single thing that they see is a prediction or it is what is set into motion or something that they are supposed to do something about. And that is just not the case, (laughs) okay? Um... Even even the definitions that most spiritual teachers and spiritual people use for clairvoyance is a little bit misleading. Um, They just say that it's the ability to perceive things or events in the future that are beyond normal sensory contact. And yeah, that's true. But what people don't realize is that There are many, many things to be seen and not all of them are reality. What is most likely or even something that's has much of a chance at all of happening. (laughs) Okay. The truth is this experience is like an onion in many ways. The layers of an onion are see-through, right? I mean, if you were to peel it away, you can pretty much see through those layers. Imagine that we are sort of at the center and all around us and all of those layers are all the various possibilities of what could happen in that moment, in the future, to a person, whatever. Okay. All of these things exist. They are possibilities, some more likely than others. And so I describe that as like taking up more weight. Okay. Now, clairvoyance is a sixth sense they call it a sixth sense for a reason it is very much like your other senses in that a lot of what it picks up is technically useless okay it is seeing through those layers of the onion being able to see many possibilities and often it is less guidance than simply that vision through the layers and so often what we notice is a product of cognitive loops not predictions for those of you who don't know um, cognitive loops are just things that are in the forefront of your human mind okay for example you buy a new car and then you see that same car everywhere when you never ever used to see it before right you start to notice something and then you seem to see it everywhere. That is a cognitive loop. And so if you are somebody who has a particular um, positive, negative, neutral idea <laughs> in your mind, belief about how things work out or whatever, right? You are more likely to see that layer within the layers of possibility. So you have to be careful about overreacting To what you're picking up right um i like to describe clairvoyance very similar to regular vision right if i look out my window here i can see the neighbor's house that is pretty much useless it does not do much for me it's there it exists cool if i look out my window and i see a squirrel about to get hit by a car there is really nothing I can do about it I can hope for him I can pray for him I can do all those things but the truth is that is happening real fast right now not a lot I can do about it right now if I see somebody about to park in my alley well the neighbors will get upset I can stop them right there are things we can do things about and there's things we can't and there's times we can be direct and there's times that we can't and you know Back before everybody knew <laughs> what I am and what I can do, I used to just tell people I had dreams about them. That's easy, right? Oh, girl, I had a dream about you. And you just make up what I call a parable because I prefer to not call it a lie. And you hand them some information and they can do with that what they like. You can even do that with one of these layers that is not super likely, okay? Because that's a relatively harmless way to present information, But the thing that people do is they make themselves crazy with their clairvoyance, right? Sometimes they are confusing their own human thinking, their own paranoia with their clairvoyance and learning to manage the difference between that can be tricky also. Those of you who listen very much know that I talk about that lump of meat in our head, (laughs) the thing we call our brain, The more you pay attention to the source of your thinking, the more you will realize what is coming out of your brain versus what is coming from somewhere around you or deeper within you. This is a cultivated awareness that you have to pay attention to because if you can sense it's coming out of your brain, this is going back to your human fears, your human beliefs, suddenly think your best friend is lying to you or your Husband who doesn't even have a minute to make it happen is having an affair or whatever, and this is coming out of your brain. It is not clairvoyance. Okay. Now, if you are obsessed with that concept, if that becomes a cognitive loop, there may be moments that you can see to that potential layer in the onion. Okay. Maybe you're talking to somebody that he works with, and suddenly you get a flash. You have to be careful. Because a lot of people get that flash imagery of one of the many, many possible outcomes. And they grab onto that because of their cognitive loops, their own human fears, as if it is what is most likely, if it is what real. And it's not. It's one of the countless possibilities. And so we have to learn what is different. And... For me, it did start with just claiming that what is most likely would have more weight, okay? And so I get this physical sensation of weight and then I have also cultivated um, the ability to sort of see these as pathways and to have the most likely to be brighter, the highest good to be really lit up. And then the ones that will never happen or we certainly don't want to see Um, or add energy to to sort of fade away and you can cultivate this too we don't have gifts we cannot manage it just starts with intention okay so largely clairvoyance in a lot of ways is useless okay it is not always something that is definitely going to happen Now, if you take one of those visions, one of those things in the layers, and you focus on it and you concentrate it, you sure the hell can manifest it, okay? So this is just something you want to handle with care and grow and nurture, okay? And you can. There are always at least three realities that people can access. There is always what is right in front of them. There is always the more calm and peaceful choice and point of view, right? Even if all that is for you is being able to say highest good, highest good, highest good, highest good and build trust in it. And then there is the third one, which is chaos and darkness. And we have to choose, right? Quite truly, we have to choose a combination of the first two, what is really going on, we are not mindless, clueless, all up in the ethers, you know, snowflakes is what <laughs> is one of the terms being thrown around lately. It's not about that. It's not about blindness. It's about a combination of realism and optimism. Yes, I see what is in front of me, but I also see the countless possibilities for good. And I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow and I'm going to move through this. People get scared when their clairvoyance first starts getting loud. And I don't mean literally loud. <laughs> okay, it's not, um, it's not that. Though clairaudience can be loud. Clairaudience is the ability to hear. When our clairvoyance starts to kick up right? When we start to really pay attention, when we start to grow on our spiritual path to truly awaken, to expose ourselves to spiritual things, it grows. It grows because we're paying more attention, right? It, it's never about spirit deciding to grant us with the ability. It's about us aligning ourselves which, with um, you know, what is already true for us. So it does expand and it does grow and it does take focus, effort, desire, and intention to focus that, to hone it, and to be able to navigate the difference between what will always be there, which is human thought and fear, and what is truly a product of our clairvoyance. You know, there are... um, A lot of people who do scientific studies (laughs) trying to validate or invalidate clairvoyance. And um, I mean, there's a lot of ways in which it can be invalidated, particularly when it is something like super fast and relatively arbitrary. Okay, one of the tests that I read about recently, um, I think it was the National Academy of Science sounds very legitimate, right? They did some tests with um, flashcards and pictures um, trying to get people to see if they could predict what was on it, whatever. What they decided they figured out was that a lot of times what people think is clairvoyance is actually a mental hiccup, (laughs) which I think is funny. I mean, to me, a mental hiccup is when you walk into the kitchen and you can't remember why you're there Um, (laughs) because that just happened this morning. No. No. There is this ability in the brain to mix up timing, okay, especially under a stressful situation, you know, like somebody putting flashcards in your face. Um, you know, there is some evidence that people can mix up timing between when they thought the phone was going to ring and the phone actually rang. I, I have never had that experience, but, but this is something that happens. And I can acknowledge that sometimes we're busy, there's things going on, and maybe we do get mixed up. This is something that happens, like, real fast, right? It's not like you're going to mix up that you're going to run into your ex-husband and then it happens a week later and you suddenly have this mental hiccup. I mean, that that doesn't make sense to me. So, sure, are there times that we just got twisted? Maybe. Let's go ahead and put that out there. Let's definitely put it out there that sometimes we definitely – overthink things and we find connections where yes they are there but they're not as extreme they're not as loud or as important as we make them when we layer them with our human thoughts and fears and desires. Okay, sometimes we are making things bigger than they are. And sometimes we do make things different than they are. You know, if you try too hard to figure out what the sign is and you don't remove yourself and your desires, you will twist it into something else, right? Ex-boyfriend calls wondering if you have his favorite sweater. Maybe it means giving back his sweater, (laughs) Maybe he really likes that sweater. Maybe somebody else is nagging him about the sweater. Maybe that phone call is just so that you can assess your level of connection still, your feelings. Have you moved on? Have you learned? Maybe it's to re-spark something in you you're supposed to figure out. But I cannot tell you how often I hear from people who are down some rabbit hole of this means he wants us to be together. We're meant to be together. This is what's going to be. This is my soulmate. This is my whatever. Dude, no, not always. (laughs) Okay. So do be careful about layering your own meaning and where that desire to attach meaning comes from. Because we all notice what we notice based on our cognitive loops and we have to cultivate the ability to keep that separate right if my husband and I look at a house right we're driving down the street neighbor puts their house for sale we glance at the house we start talking about the house we will have noticed completely different things like oh I really like the front door and there were beautiful flowers in front and he's <laughs> He's like, well, there were cracks in the sidewalk and it needs a new roof. Like, we see completely different things based on what we value. And this is going to be true for you as well, for all clairvoyants, right? Just like we do in real life, looking at the neighbor's house, we will see what we are looking for. And so we must train ourselves to look for what is useful, what is good, and what we can learn. And as you develop this more, you may want to put an umbrella over it. I have an umbrella, that's what I call it, over my spiritual gift. And I actually think of it as, um, have you seen those clear plastic umbrellas? I have these for my children. They're like super curved because they can put them right down over their head in their backpacks, <laughs> okay? I think of it like that, this clear umbrella, right? I still have vision through it, but it is this bubble this umbrella over my spiritual gift and my intention there is that I only want to know it if it is my highest good or somebody else's right and if it's a message I can deliver this is my intention in the real world in a client situation communicating with someone who is with me for guidance I still maintain that umbrella with open vision right? Clear plastic umbrella. (laughs) Okay. To the other possibilities and to what we definitely want to avoid. And I allow access to that based on how it is useful directing the particular client. This is something I have developed over time. In the beginning, it was just give me clear vision of what is real and what is false. What is human ignorance Belief, desire, right? We have to learn to separate the two. Now, there are other clair senses that people do confuse with clairvoyance, okay? And most people have maybe one, okay? Some of us have more than one, and that's cool, <laughs> okay? There is clairsentient. Clairsentient means that you feel. Okay, not feel like I feel, I mean, yes, it is feel like I can maybe feel a cat rubbing up against me um, in spirit, right? There are times that I can feel where spirit is standing near me or them putting their hands on me, that kind of thing. But clairsentient in general is the ability to, well, it's much like being an empath, to feel the emotion of it. I feel great sadness when you bring that up to me. And so therefore I can perceive if that is Sadness that is useful, sadness that is a warning or whatever. Clairsentience is um, more difficult to use, I suppose, because it is difficult to sense emotion without layering emotion to it or finding how it mimics your own emotions and then building in your idea of what would cause that emotion. Okay, so that is something to think about (laughs) all right if you feel deeply right you are most likely empathic and if you are empathic you need to learn to manage your energy there are a lot of false um, teachings about that out there Um, so if you decide to research it or you already have been understand if it doesn't feel right if it feels limiting it feels negative if it feels like this is a gift that is not helpful to you um, you have the wrong information there's also clear audience that is hearing and it can be perceiving words um, music whatever now a lot of people will say that clear audience um, is in your ears I'm going to completely disagree with that <laughs> okay Spirit you may think it's with your ears but pay attention okay because spirit separates itself from from our human senses to help us make sure we're not crazy right if you are literally hearing it in your ears like my voice now that is when we do need to look at um well what this national academy of sciences said which is literally maybe there's something else going on there's a bipolar schizophrenia something like that okay when you hear words from spirit it is near your ears but it's not in it right? It'll be like just behind your head or even in the side of your head, but it's not going to be hearing like you hear me, okay? And if it's in your brain, that's when you're making it up, okay? In your brain, you're making it up. In your ears, you might be crazy. It's going to be, so. it's going to be somewhere else, okay? And I use crazy lightly. I don't mean, you know, crazy, crazy, So yes, clairaudient is great. And a lot of people who are clairsentient or clairvoyant specifically, really using those words for what they mean, um, tend to be quite jealous of those who are clairaudient because people want to hear the words that go with things. There's also claircognizant, which is knowing. And a lot of people do tell me that. They say that they just know things and they don't know how they know. And a lot of them will say, They don't even know exactly what they know. (laughs) And yet they do. I mean, they're able to act from that wisdom and knowledge and those kind of things, right? Claircognizant is knowledge, awareness, or they say clear thinking. Claircognizant is helpful when it's layered with these other gifts, with one or more of them. It is, well, they call it clear thinking for a reason, Right? It does help you navigate that space between um, what's going on in your human brain and what is truly spiritual reception. And I actually believe, of all of them, Claire Cognizant is the most develop- developable, <laughs> is the gift that you can develop the most because you can train yourself to hear, to feel the difference between your human beliefs and what you receive from spirit. And ultimately, that is what gives you the true knowing and awareness that what you are receiving is correct, right? There are other ones too, less known. Um, There's one for taste, which is interesting, Um, certainly useful in uh, specific circumstances. There's touch, where you can, you know, touch things and know things. That's cool. And smell. Um, You know, I do have one of my regulars who she can smell cancer, right? She described it to me one time, though I would imagine it's unique to people. She can smell it on them. That's a burden for her she happens to be a stylist so someone will come in and she can smell it on them and what do you do with that you don't say I smell cancer on you but then she'll end up finding either in that session or um, <laughs> session in that appointment or the next that the person does have cancer and she's quite good at this so again much like clairvoyance and every sense of it we can't always do things with what we know And so it is important to clarify if you're getting true information, if you're coding it with human fear, if you are seeing just the cognitive loops within the possibilities, within the layers of what's going on before you try to give people information. Okay? That and all these clear senses, but using clairvoyance to sort of embody them all. We have a great responsibility to not give people information they are not ready for. It doesn't matter if they ask you for it or not. If that knowing inside of you, right, if you can ask directly like I can, fantastic. But if there's something in you that says they should not know this, I cannot tell them this, and it does not come from any sense of jealousy or anything like that, don't tell them, beloved. Okay? Just because you know it does not mean it's yours to share. I have one young woman who recently married. When she first got with this guy, she wanted to know if he was the one she would marry. I knew he was, but I couldn't tell her. They wouldn't have had the fights they needed to have. They wouldn't have gone through all the steps they needed to go through. It would have gotten in the way of the process. We don't get to rob people of the process. Whether it's that or something bigger, I've had spirit instruct me not to tell people all kinds of things, right? Because maybe it's too soon. Maybe they're not ready. If we're really going to make a difference, we have to trust the process and the steps and the stages. We don't just get to hand them. The end result. Because if we do, we often rob them of the lessons of the education. So when in doubt, keep your mouth shut. When you need to share and you don't know how, tell them you had a dream, tell them you read an article. Tell them you saw it with somebody else on Facebook. (laughs) Whatever you need to do to drop a little bit of information, a little bit of wisdom into their world without completely destroying their life school and their education. And if you're at the very beginning, remember to check in. Is this coming through my brain? Is this attached to my own fears, my own experiences? Or is this really deep within something else? And if it is, it will develop and it will grow. And before you know it, it will be a natural sixth sense, just like when you look out the window. Have a great week, beloved. Namaste.
1: Hi, beauties. My name is Megan, and I couldn't pass up an opportunity to share who Jennifer Hall really is with all of you. Jennifer is a gifted woman who loves to share the tips and tricks of mastering lessons from the universe through real-life experiences. When I found Jennifer about two years ago, I did not know what to expect. My past conditioning had me fearing psychics and avoiding them, and that was something I overcame within my first conversation with Jennifer. She has no desire to control you or make decisions for you, but she will tell you what's best for your highest good, and it's up to you to do the work or not. It's very common for people to seek out a psychic to read the future, and sure, it's human nature to want to know what we don't know, to find the certainty in life. But what you actually get through Jennifer is so much deeper than knowing with, with certainty. It's really about how to grow through the uncertainty and embrace the power each of us hold deep within our own sovereignty and untapped gifts. Jennifer has helped me grow through many lessons in life relationship lessons with my husband of 15 years, my gifted and stubborn children, career lessons that involved overcoming complacency and dealing with difficult bosses, and of course, lessons for my spiritual growth and tapping into and embodying my own authenticity. Her podcast, Lessons from the Universe, is food for the soul. It is channeled wisdom, and it is personal wisdom that she picked up as she learned and grew into who she is today. Jennifer is well known and sought out. I have people from all over the world reaching out to me to provide a referral to her so that she can speak with them and and they're able to meet her. This podcast makes it possible for people all over the world to receive her messages and receive the love that she pours into the collective. If you aren't a patron today, please consider becoming one and donating as much as $1 per month. If all of her beloved fans donated just $1, it would make an amazing impact on her offerings to the world. I meet with Jennifer Monthly, and I'm also a patron because I believe so much in the lessons from the universe. And I have witnessed the beauty in learning and growing, the beauty in overcoming and smashing the many bubbles of conditioning that I succumbed to in my past. I have a new, more powerful story, and a big part of this story is embracing lessons from the universe. Your story will continue to change, and your donations will help many others change their stories across the globe, allowing the story of the collective to change for the best as well. If you love and live through the Lessons from the Universe as much as I do, like, share, and become a patron, and watch Lessons from the Universe take the rest of the world by surprise and the best ways possible. Sending light and love to all of you.
0: Namaste. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. It is my privilege to have your ear and your time. Come out, find me on social media, visit one of my seminars, book an educational session. However it is that I can support you, I'm here. Remember, beloved, there's a little brunette with a podcast who's got your back.